Sonar. It's Wednesday. It is pie day. 2.14, so be sure to get yourself a delicious pie before the day runs out. We've got a fantastic lineup for you today that we do need to hit. We had the CPI report come out last night. We're going to be talking about operational costs and what that is doing to CARES. We're going to be looking at overall truckload demand and focusing on the reefer truckload market as well as we head into produce season. So stay tuned. Uh, but uh, first, probably the most important question of the day, Tony, is what's your favorite pie? Apple. Apple pie. Yeah. Does it have to be hot? Can you eat it cold too? Pie a la mode? I think you eat it cold. I mean, I can eat apple pie pretty mm. much whatever. I'm a big anti-pumpkin and pecan pie person. Yeah. So apple and then maybe cherry. Cherry is probably second. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I've ever, actually ever had like a real cherry pie. Uh, pumpkin pie I can do. I'm, I'm with you on the, the pecan pie. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a fan. I, do, I think, ooh, favorite. Let's hear it. Mm, this is a tough one. See, I'm more, I'm not actually a huge pie guy. Uh, the cheesecake, on the other hand. Yeah. Oof. I'm with you there. Speaking of my, speaking of my love language, the cheesecake. Um, but no, I'd say I do like, uh, this is actually an odd one. I'm probably going to get some weird looks. Rhubarb is actually one of my favorite uh, pies. Interesting. Yeah. I do also really like a good key lime pie, too. Yeah, I can do key lime pie. I mean, that's the Florida in me that's yeah. coming out. But I think rhubarb might be my favorite. But just to be clear, like my favorite pie is way lower than my least favorite cheesecake. I can, do, just, I can sorry, agree with just that. Be, just be clear. Yeah. Okay. We're good there. But you're back. I mean, you, I am back. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> out in California last week. Food Shippers, how was that? Food Shippers was great. Uh, it was a great event, great turnout. So uh, if you're not familiar, Food Shippers is held every year. It is um, It rotates locations. Sometimes it's in Orlando. Last year it was in Orlando. This year it was in Palm Desert. First time going to Palm Desert. Beautiful, by the way. Um, it's, it's really odd. It doesn't feel real. So when you get there, and if you've been there before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But for me, I remember getting out of the airplane and I'm taking like, and first off, the airport, mostly outdoor airport, which was odd. Hadn't been there, but I guess it barely rained, so fine. And then you're driving and you're seeing like palm trees around you. And then in the distant, not very far distant, like a 30 minute drive distance, you see mountains that are snow caps. Yeah. And it's really neat. It's like 70 degrees down here. But then it's evidently talking to one of the locals said, yeah, they can ski up on the mountains. It's like 30 degrees. It's crazy. Um, he said, and it's really only an hour drive. So very neat. But overall, Food Shippers is great. We talked to a lot of different shippers saying some different things. Many of them are saying, yes, costs have come down. They've seen that reflected in their budgets. Um, But on the flip side, they're also seeing their own volumes take a dive as well. So it's interesting, I think, when you flip the script and say, yeah, they are pushing costs down on carriers, but they're getting hit on the top line pretty heavily. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was the topic of conversation on how it's impacting their business and how they're really being pushed from the executive team to cut transportation costs. The other thing that came up quite a bit, though, that I wasn't expecting is there's, I don't think a lot of these shippers were expecting the market to flip as hard as it did. They were expecting it to flip. And when softening happened, it was great, but they weren't expecting it to be so hard. I had one guy tell me, and I'll, I'll leave his name out, but it was a very large food maker. And he said that we are going to be so far under budget this year that our finance team is mad at us for basically whiffing the ball in the forecast with the budget because he said we could have used that money elsewhere. <clears throat> yeah. And it's like, I never would have thought you'd be angry or the finance guys of beating budget by so much. Well, I mean, you also have to think about it like next year or because if, if the market does turn, right? Mm. Well, now you've budgeted 
for you missed it on this end. Yeah. Well, are they going to be willing to give you that money next year in the budget? Right. Right. And then now you might miss it on the other side when the market turns. So it's like this give and take. It's, that's why they want to be so accurate in their yeah. forecasts, but it's so hard on the transportation Very side hard. because the market can flip really like with a switch. The other thing that came up too, kind of along that side is there is a little bit, there's a little bit of fear, I think, in some of these shippers of, you know, where they're looking at transportation costs coming down so much they can, hmm. This is this is a little bit. There's some that are like, yes, give me it all. But like, there's a there were a handful that were. This might be a little too good to be true yeah. to last, and they were nervous of a lot of capacity exiting the market and it coming back sometime in 2024. Yeah, and and I think that's going to be a trend you see. I think the the trend overall, right? I mean, we've seen the volumes come down. We right. haven't seen the exits in the market, but. It's almost inevitable given the yeah. current market conditions. But when it happens, I mean, does it happen at the same pace that we saw record number of entrants come in during the boom, right? Like if it's a slower, almost like a slow bleed, right? Like, right. Where it's just prolonged. Yeah, we see exits every month, but is it at the pace? Like how many exits do we need to see to firm up the market? I think that's right. going to be the key and we'll see it with rejection rates start to firm up, right? They've firming up at 3% isn't firming up, right? It's right. just they naturally can't fall much lower because you have imbalances, capacity, and things like that. And that number starts to trick back to that 5 6 7% range. That's where it's like, okay, we've seen the capacity needed to leave the market to start to firm up rates. Yeah. The issue is demand has to be there too. Right. Yeah, if you it, it works a lot faster if demand goes up while capacity drops. Yeah, but right now it's demand is just so it it, it seems like it's found a, a floor. Yeah, but it's not coming off that floor. Yeah, that's it's the just thing. hanging we've not, out. We've not seen any pot like yeah. up big. Let's pull upwards, pull please. up the volume on the screen for folks to be able to see so they can see what we're talking about here. I know, and again, if you've watched the show before, you've seen this before. But again, this is that dark blue shaded line there labeled today is today's truckload volume. And then you, you can see the subsequent years and their trend lines alongside it. I mean, really, we're only slightly above 2019 by about, what, 3%, give yeah. or take? 3.5%? Yeah, it's, it's not much. I mean, that's we saw, what, a 1% decline today. So, I mean, yeah. you're talking, it could be back, it could be end up below 2019 levels within a few days. Yeah. Uh, but... I mean, ultimately, you look at this and you're like, well, yeah, we're definitely below 2021 and 2022. But you look, we're below the 2020 ramp. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that was around the, associated with the, the shutdown. But I mean, really, it's kind of the seasonal pattern that we're seeing. Right. Just a little above 2019. It's yeah. not like this. We were trying to talk, I mean, last year, right? In in that August date range, right? You look at the, the chart and you see that that green line kind of right in the middle of 2021, that top blue line and 2019, yeah. we were kind of hopeful that we fell in that range. Well, it's not really been the case when you see what happened in the fourth quarter where we saw volume declines. And now we're kind of really more in line with 2019 than kind of in this middle ground, yeah. which was what we were hopeful for, but Definitely. obviously didn't come to fruition. Yeah, it really feels from a demand perspective, this is just it's this is a 2019 year. Yep. Right. And that's the reality. The difference is there is an exuberant amount more capacity in the market now than there is in 2019. 
Um, so demand has fallen to 2019 levels, but capacity is is still you know exceptionally high. And that's why and you see course, rejections at three yes. percent, right? I mean, that's yeah. they're they're below that 2019 imbalance. levels, and and part of that is fuel prices, right? There's yes. some, there's no the luxury of getting out of a contract and going to the spot market. Like yeah. you don't want to do that because mm. spot market rates are typically all in rates, right? They right. include the fuel. We were talking about it earlier in the carrier update. Looking at spot rates right now, I mean, you're talking in the 230 range, right? All in 235, somewhere in that range. Contract rates, if you looked at it, they're still at around 250 and include a fuel surcharge. There's no mm. benefit for a carrier no. to reject any freight right now, other than the fact, I mean, even right now, they're accepting it. And if they have to push it a day, like there's not really a time sensitive like need to move freight in a given day. Yeah. So, like they can flex, they have a little bit more flexibility in when they cover a load, but they don't want to get out of those contracts because the risk of losing volume right now is too high because everybody right now has available capacity. Yeah, no, spot on. I think, and, and it'll be interesting. Let, let's flip over to the uh, to reefer volume real quick, just so folks can kind of see where that trend is lied. So this is a little bit more volatile than the overall market, um, which which might be expected. So again, today's volumes. Now, what's interesting about these volumes is these are actually quite a bit higher than 2019 levels. Yeah. Uh, closer to that 14, 15% range. Um, so that dark blue shaded lines today, that orange line at the bottom there is 2019. So again, you're sitting around that 13, 14% range that are higher than 2019. So it's definitely performed better than the overall market has, um, which has greatly been suppressed. And you're starting to see a little bit of a ramp. It's gone up a little bit over the last couple of weeks here as we're getting ready for produce season. Um, and that could partly due to the fact that maybe in, while inflation has definitely hit the prices of food, you can't exactly consume less food. Yeah. Well, and one thing, and I talked about, you talked about it just now, I talked about it in the Daily Watch on Monday, is reefers outperform the drive-in market. Yes. And what you won't see necessarily in the reefer outbound tender volume index is necessarily a ramp up around produce season because produce, it's kind of this irregular timing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a lot of like same day pickup, things that go just direct to spot, right? Right. You'll see it more in the rejection rate than you will in the volume side. But right now what you're seeing are loads that are being put out, say protect from, like we're still dealing with winter weather. I mean, look up what up in the Northeast. uh, A lot of freeze protect. Yeah, so you're having those kind of loads that are that are contracted because it's like, hey, we can just put it on a reefer and just not have to worry about it, right? Instead right. of having to try to find the capacity at the, the last second. So you'll see some of that. I think what's interesting here is we're dead on with 2020, right? Right, right before the ramp. But I mean, we are, I mean, we have tracked so close to mm-hmm. 2020. 2020 on the reefer side, even at the beginning of the year before COVID even was an impact, was outperforming 2019. Right. So we're kind of in that range. And, and as you mentioned, it's it's definitely outperformed 2019 compared to the overall market. But I mean, it's it's one of these things. People still need food. Reefer is the primary driver of getting some of these goods, food goods to the places. If you look at, at sales, I mean, grocery sales are still relatively strong, even though prices are, are so high. Yes. And I think it's it's interesting too. We talk about high prices. You know where 
a lot of, and we're going to look at this a little bit later in, in the episode, so stay tuned, is we're going to look at the impact that truckload demand is having on, uh, on GDP, the physical goods side of GDP. Yep. Um, and where they're beginning to actually decouple due to inflation. So stick around for that. But I guess, Tony, speaking ge- generally here, as we look at you know, the CPI report just came out, it rose 0.4% month over month, 0.6, or excuse me, 6%. Yeah. Uh, year over year, right around in line with expectations. As inflation does drop, and eventually it will, as far as yeah. when that happens, we'll figure that out. But when it gets back to a normal range, can we expect more buying of physical goods to pick up? You hope. I mean, it, it's kind of like a, you would like to think that's the yeah. case, right? I mean, you start looking at other factors, right? Credit, interest rates, like inflation... I don't even want to say it's coming under control because of what the Fed's doing. It, I don't think that is the case, right? Right. But the Fed will pivot when inflation's under control. When that happens, right, you start, you may not see rate cuts as as meaningful as what you saw the increase, the rate hikes, right? right. But ultimately, those prices affect the cost of credit or the cost of debt. Consumers see interest rates go down, right? They feel a little more confident and in spending habits, right? Because it doesn't cost as much to run things on a credit card. Right. It just takes a little time to catch up. Right. And and we're not at that point yet. So, I mean, that's one area that I think is important to focus is on wh- how are consumer spending patterns changing or shifting? I mean, you've seen the shift happen, right? From services or from, you saw it from services to goods during the COVID economy. Yeah. You're seeing it shift back now as COVID Largely is in the rearview mirror, right? I mean, you don't you hear about it, but it's not the number one headline no. all the time. So it's it's one of those things you're seeing the the normalization of consumer spending habits. Now, some of that, especially like if you were to look at just like retail sales, it's not adjusted for inflation, right? That right. nominal value is naturally going to be higher than what it was a year ago, because you're talking about six percent inflation. Like that yeah. number, if it was flat. This is again, it's it's not one to one, it's not perfect, but sure. just just to just an idea, it's that number should be six percent higher than what it was a year ago. It would basically mean it was flat. Right. In terms of sales. So or in terms of the good that is moving. Right. So the number of goods, it's yeah. something to it's that's what to pay attention to. Like, how does retail sales keep up with inflation metrics? Yeah. That's that's a good indicator. I mean, there's there's so many trends going on that are just kind of in this negative sentiment, right? The yeah. the one positive being the labor market still showing positive signs. And I think that's a trend, obviously, to pay attention to. I saw this, I guess, yesterday morning, Meta announcing another 10,000 layoffs after their no cuts in November. So, right. I mean, like, it's still hitting, these mass layoffs are still hitting the market. They still exist, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They haven't gone away. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where where that where that unfolds and when that when that begins yep. to end, or if it hits other sectors beyond the technology sector. Uh, let's go ahead and, and we're going to switch here. We're going to look. We've looked at uh, overall truckload demand. We've looked at uh, refrigerated demand. Now we're going to look at reefer capacity and how that's interacting. So we'll, we'll pull up the rejections chart here, and this is really going to show you the impact um, on how soft the market is. I know everybody knows the market is soft, but this will show you really the impact of it and how that trend has lined up. So this green line that we have right here is reefer tender rejections over the last, uh, five years. So basically the way you read this chart 
If it's green, that means that read for tenor rejections are higher than where they are today. If the chart is red, it means that that is the period when read for tenor rejections were lower than they are today. Notice something. Better. You don't see any red. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and this is that trend, right? I mean, yeah. again. It's, a, it's actually, if you look at that initial dip, I'll cut you off for just a second. If you look at that really big dip right there in kind of the middle of the chart, so that's where 2020 is, that's in April, that mm-hmm. shutdown COVID, we're basically tied that. Yeah. We've just tied that. And the environment that we're in is very different from yes. that, right? Like the world is open now. Yes. We're open it was for business. Closed at that time. So like we're touching those lows and it's during, and obviously some yeah. of this has to do with all the additional capacity. Some of it has to do with fuel prices mm-hmm. and the like. And the cost of operating a reefer unit is more expensive than that of a truck. Or sorry, not a truck, of a dry van. Right. But I mean, still... There's no incentive to leave contracts, but what you would typically see and what you hopefully will see as produce season really ramps up in the next, what, six weeks, right? End of April. You would like to see that gain some momentum, some positive Mm -hmm. momentum and carry it through the summer. The question is, is it going to happen? I mean, like there's so much, this, just where this is, shows that the balance of supply and demand right now is... The market is so oversupplied for the current levels of demand mm-hmm. that there's going to have to be, I don't say a mass exodus, but you are going to have to see exits in the market to, again, push rejections up, which will in turn push rates up. It's just yeah. a matter of when's that happen and how fast does it happen? Like, are people going to be willing to hang up the keys with the snap of the fingers? Or is it going to be, hey, let me just kind of sit this, let me keep going and see, hey, can I last another two months, three months, six months, yeah. just almost delaying the inevitable to on a case of hope. Yeah. It's, so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when that happens and, ha- and how extreme something, like you said earlier, right? Is it this trickle-down effect? Does it yeah. slowly bleed? Or is it, you know, a really quick period that happens over a month or two? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, the, 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 really, the really, I think, impactful thing here is the impact that it's had on, on, on the entire market, right? I mean, because Volumes go down from a carrier's perspective or a 3PL's perspective. Now their top line gets hit. Yep. And rates come down due to tenant rejections falling, and it's now hitting their bottom line as well. Yeah. Right? Or their margin. And if you're a carrier, your operating costs have gone skyrocketed as yeah. well. So you're getting hit three different ways from the losing volume, margin compression because rates are down, and those operating costs. Yeah, right. So right now the battle that some of them are having are do we want to sacrifice volume to kind of keep rates elevated from where maybe the market is, right? Yeah. Keep them a little higher. Or do we want to sacrifice rates to maintain that volume, which in theory would be the right choice because if when the market comes back, like if you can still service all of this, like you're going to have the benefit of having that volume yeah. that didn't go away. And then you can start, hey, thanks for the volume. We do like the markets change. We need to push rates up a little, and then then you get the boost of both. But right now, it's there's so much capacity in the market. It's easy. Hey, you can't serve this as low one low, right? Well, now you're risking losing all that volume for a carrier that yeah to a carrier that is able to service it. So it's it's this kind of it's a weird dynamic right now that carriers and brokers both are having to go through because they don't want to lose volume in this market, and that's 
volume's already declining. You don't want to lose more volume than what yeah. the overall decline in the market is. It's a, it's really just being squeezed. The walls are caving in. I, I kind of think of this. You ever see that? Um, I mean, who hasn't seen, right? Star Wars. Uh, great movie. And I'm talking about the original here, 1977. And there's a scene in there with Luke, I think Han and Leia, and they dive into like the trash pit. You know what I'm talking about? You ever seen this movie? Okay, looking at me like I got three heads on. But anyways, they drive to a trash pit, and then the trash pit is basically starting to be squeezed. This yeah, is my movie reference. If you haven't seen, seen it. it. Listen, the Star Wars people here, they know what I'm talking about, yeah. okay? Let me know. Tell me in the comments below or wherever you're watching this that like, your Star Wars fan, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Trash pit squeezing. That's what happens to the market, okay? I'll it take, wasn't a great analogy, but that's all I have. Hey, I'm, I will say this. I'm not a Star Wars person. Yeah. Like, I think I've tried to watch it, and just I, yeah. I can't. For me, movies are hard. Yeah. Because to give up an hour and a half, two hours, three hours is... Yeah. Like, I end up getting distracted and then yeah. I miss like very important scenes and yeah. give me a TV show that's like 30 minutes to an hour and I can sit down and watch one episode or I can watch three, but I kind of have a little more flexibility sure. than within a movie. No, so. I got you. It's tough, it's tough to come up with two hours over the last 50 years yeah. when the movie's been out. I get it. It's tough. Uh, Paul, uh, if you're watching this in the comments, let us know, should we, you know, excommunicate Tony from the show because he hasn't seen Star Wars, let us know. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll take your feedback to heart. Or should we give him another chance? Um, anyways, one last chart I'm going to show everybody here. A little bit different one. We're going to talk about uh, uh, real goods adjusted GDP, okay? But we're going to overlay that with a little bit of uh, volume data that I think is really important to see when that decoupling with inflation uh, really took place. So let's go ahead and throw that chart up. This will be the GDP chart. And uh, I don't think I've actually shown this one on Sonar before. Um, so this will be, be an interesting one to see. So uh, beautiful there, beautiful chart. Look at that. And so blue line there is real goods adjusted GDP in billions. Um, and again, over the last five years. And then the pink line there is uh, contract accepted volume over the last five years. So that's the actual volume in the contract market that gets accepted and ends up actually moving. Remember, because... Tender rejections are flowing quite a bit, so uh, not all of that overall uh, OTVI number actually ends up moving. Some of it gets retendered um, as it as it gets rejection. So this is the actual accepted bond that gets moved. And I mean, you can see here on the chart, right? I mean, it's it's very close. You've got uh, 20, 2018 there, all the way on the bottom left, and then you have you have the initial COVID dip, right? Now keep in mind, one is a daily update, and the other one is a quarterly, quarterly up, yeah. right? So you're getting the daily updates with the volume data, the truckload data, that's the pink line, compared with the quarterly data of the, uh, of the blue line. So you, you know, the, you're, you're going to be months ahead with, yeah. the, with the pink line. I mean, I think about, it's probably about a quarter and a half ahead. Yeah, it's approximately. Like, yeah, something like that. Like when I look at this, right, I see the pink line stalled out here in 2023, Yeah, right? We've got, what, two weeks left in the quarter. If it continues to kind of stall out, mm -hmm. seeing that real good adjusted GDP for Q1, I mean, it kind of indicates that, hey, it may stall. Like, we may not see a decline like we did in Q4, but right. we may see it stall out. Very similar yeah. to what we saw in, in the volume levels. Like, they came down in Q4. We saw good adjusted GDP in Q4 come down. Well, let's yeah. see if it stalls out the way the way it, the way this chart looks, that's what it should do. Like right. that's what history tells me that it should stall out here in Q1. Like, right. 
we may not see another month or a quarterly decline in that sure. good adjusted GDP number. Yeah, no, spot on. It'll be interesting to see where that where that unfolds. Um, but I think what's also neat too is you can kind of tell when inflation really started to take take flight. Yep. Right there, I think it's right around 2022. You can see when the pink line and the blue line were right together, mm-hmm. and the pink line started to fall a lot. But the blue line has kind of stayed flat, a little decline, like you said, in Q4. And I think that is partly due to, right? I mean, real, what is real goods adjusted GDP? It's the yeah. dollars spent on physical goods, right? Yeah. Now, real means it is adjusted for inflation. Right. So, I mean, adjusted for inflation, you're kind of seeing everything. Like, you're not really seeing this growth story, yes. right? And, and you see that in our volume data right there. Like, it's not really, the growth story is kind of gone, at least mm-hmm. for the time being. So uh, definitely something to pay attention to when you see that increase. Well, hey, maybe it's a sign, a sign that that physical goods economy is, is in that growth stage once again. Yeah. So definitely something to pay attention to. It is an interesting chart, uh, for sure. Definitely. We'll see you all next week live on With Sonar, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, every Wednesday. In the meantime, have a fantastic rest of your day. We will see you next week. Take care. Thank you.